The United States of America's influence stretches far beyond its own borders. Perhaps this is only natural for the world's largest superpower, but it seems that the whole world is obsessed. Take my homeland, little old New Zealand. Even in the liberal enclave of Wellington, people are watching the US presidential election far more closely than our own politics. I'm certainly not immune myself. As much as I hate myself for it, I watched two of the three US presidential debates and followed the Democratic and Republican primaries very closely as well. I try to keep abreast of New Zealand political happenings too, but the presidential election is certainly the most topical. So why is it that the USA fascinates New Zealand and the rest of the world so much? Join me as over the coming months I travel to the United States of America and search for the answer to that very question. My name is Mike Peebles and this is Outside View. He's a On the morning of my departure from New Zealand, I decided to canvass a few people at the airport on their opinions on the US presidential election. Do you have a moment for me to ask you a few questions? Yeah. So I'm um, recording a podcast, um, basically going over to the US and trying to make a podcast about New Zealanders' attitudes towards the United States. Yeah. So I was just um, wondering if I could ask you a few questions for that. So I suppose the big question is, have you been following the presidential elections recently? Yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Any thoughts or opinions on it? Um, I don't know. I think, uh, obviously, no one really wants Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but all the email stuff that's come out with Hillary Clinton, Yeah. Um, don't know how it's going to go, so... You reckon it'll be a close run thing then? Yeah, sadly. I don't believe that either of them are suitable. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a mess, you reckon? Yeah, but uh, if I was an American and I had to vote, I think I would go uh, Clinton. Yeah, yeah. I only recorded two interviews, but it was fair to say that everyone had an opinion. All people that I spoke to had a solid understanding of what was happening in the US, despite the fact that none were actually American. And the people I spoke to, there was a sense of bewilderment that neither option for president was ideal although everybody thought that one option was far worse than the other. No one, including me, could figure out how things had gotten to this point. I decided to talk to an American friend, Sarah Martin, to get her perspective about how we'd gotten here. I mean, like, what do you think has gotten America to this point where you've got Trump and Hillary... So, I think with any with any relationship, it's not one person who has the power, mm. but it's like the power is in between a relationship. And so, kind of as an example, it's like some people view Trump as like the end all, like, oh, it's his problem. But like, really, it's like, it's the American people's representation of what's going on. Mm. Like even a ton of people my age, young people, we love Bernie Sanders. Um, yet, like if we're including the, <laughs> yeah, and he's awesome. But like yeah. if we're including the rest of America's perspective, like America wasn't ready for Bernie Sanders, and if we were, then he would have been one of the choices. You know. Absolutely. Okay, and so it's kind of like 
Um, yeah, it's just sometimes we have this idea of where we want to be and then where we actually are. And I think also it's true, like, I think there's a lack of communication between, like, conservative groups of people and then liberal groups of people. Mm. Like, a lot of my friends, for example, I think everyone likes to say they're moderate, but, like, a lot of my friends are probably more in the liberal sphere, you know? Mm. And I think, like, I don't really understand the conservative viewpoint as much, you know? Um, Like, people don't like it's just like I think they live in different areas like people who um are more liberal tend to live in cities whereas people who are more conservative tend to live in rural regions so it's kind of like first of all there's not that basic communication and then it's also kind of like since we don't really get to interact together and play together it becomes harder and harder to understand each other and so I think like this shift has been happening for long enough and even in like American politics have been polarizing overall. Mm. And so it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of a work in the making. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, mate, I get what you mean. Okay. And who would you, who would you reckon that you'd vote for? I did vote for Hillary Clinton. Oh, good on you. And I'm really, yeah. And I'm proud of that. And it's (laughs) happened. It's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think for me, it's not even about looking at who's the worst candidate, but, mm. like, I'm someone who I like to think about things in terms of what is constructively available. Mm. So, like, out of the options that are constructively available, like, who's the person? Like, I personally value people who are going to be um, constructive for communities, who are going to empower communities, who are really good at listening, Mm. Um, people who are responsible with like America's weapons like Mm. and someone who has some experience and to me that's Hillary Clinton so she happens to get my vote this election (laughs) yeah she like I mean people say that she's the best of two evils but I'm not even that convinced that's like she's that evil yeah oh my gosh thank you so much like yeah I agree (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I think yeah. I think people just are almost too uncomfortable. I think people, perhaps deep down, are a bit uncomfortable with the idea of a female president, but they don't want to say that, maybe. Yeah, like, so one thing that sticks out to me, like how you were saying people are probably uncomfortable with a female president, mm. like, I definitely think that I see that in so many ways. And it's like, it's about it's not even about what we consciously think it's about that gut reaction so even for me sometimes when I see Hillary I'm like I get this weird feeling and then I'm like oh wait like who else is that powerful in the world Angela Merkel that's it mm-hmm. versus like there's so many male examples of that sort mm-hmm. of thing and so I'm kind of like yeah I like your perspective yeah it's a good good one yeah okay fair enough and so obviously you've been in how long have you been in New Zealand for now uh yeah, since February. Oh yeah, so. oh yeah, also oh, quite a while. So um, have you you know learned anything about our politics since being here? Mm. You're allowed to say yeah. no. I'll put it this way. <laughs> so it was probably within forty eight hours that I had arrived to New Zealand. And I was at my first New Zealand farm. No, I was at my second New Zealand farmer's market. Because you guys have, like, a high density, so it's, like, easy to just fall into them. Mm. 
And a Kiwi man informed me something about American politics. And that was the first experience that I had with American politics, like a Kiwi informing me, you know, and it's kind of like, sometimes when I'm in America, it just makes sense to follow everything because it's my country. Mm. Yet when I was outside of the direct influence of America, it was really like eye opening to see, wow, like this person's not even my nationality and they're following this election. Yeah. Yeah, it was really humbling. Yes. It's funny because I, I feel like even when I ask New Zealanders about New Zealand politics, like, I think I definitely, you definitely had a little bit more to say than some people, but I feel people, like people kind of even know more about US politics than New Zealand politics themselves. Mm. Like, do you ever get that impression? I, I do, know. I do, and I find it really weird, and that's kind of part of why I want to do this podcast, because I kind of want to see why we're so fascinated with you guys. Yeah, like I keep on asking people, and I think it's just because America is so, I mean, like, what, I'm going to sound cliche, you know, it's just powerful, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Absolutely. Talking to Sarah gave me a greater sense of what had happened in the US to get to the current situation. It also gave me the sense that while the rest of the world watches the US, the US doesn't always watch the rest of the world. More on the US election itself will come in a later episode, but for now, I want to focus on little old New Zealand. Talking to Sarah hadn't given me a good sense of why we watched the US so closely. I decided to sit down with a good friend of mine, Jonathan G. Jono is a well-spoken student politician who follows the rest of the world closely and is both intelligent and globally minded. So um, I'm sitting here chatting to Jonathan G, who has a few accolades. He's the current president of the Victoria University of Wellington Students Association. Um, he's also currently the uh, director of the UN Youth US Leadership Tour yeah. um, and was also the president of UN Youth Wellington in 2014. So if there's somebody who's going to be globally minded, it's probably him. Um, so, Jono, have you been following the presidential elections recently <laughs> yes i have definitely and it's been very interesting obviously over the last especially recent developments over the last few weeks mm, oh, i think just in general just in the whole um i guess the you know the, the war between donald trump and hillary clinton and you know the back and forth the whole um issues around um donald trump's comments and then that saying that being fatal to 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 his election prospects and then that completely changing with this whole fbi investigation mm. so i think it's just you know at this point it's a bit sort of you know you, you know i thought it was a shoo-in for hillary now <laughs> you know not so sure <laughs> um so what do you make of some of the developments like the email gate and obviously trump various offensive comments yeah I think the email gate is, is a really fascinating one um, I think it's it's really caught on just obviously it's um, it, it, it's um, it's perceived as scandalous the fact that you know she bypassed um, you know security and you know all the secret service all that sort of stuff yeah. um, to and um, you know using a personal server but I think people I think also quite really interested in just it, you know, I think Hillary Clinton did say this too, and it's true that it, you, you get a bit of an insight into to what she does and her, you know, what iced tea she likes, and <laughs> you know, into the life of someone like her who's been in the public eye for what the last twenty or thirty odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for people that's really fascinating, and it's it also seems quite ridiculous that she, you know, the fact that she said that she can't, 
she she's not good with technology, <laughs> um, and that's that's what a reason why she one of the reasons why she decided to use a personal server, mm. and it really shows I think in terms of the political um, hierarchy or d- dynasty that, that there is in in in, in the U S. That how how far from you know not just Hillary but also Donald Trump too, mm. um, how far away from reality they are you know as mm. politicians or as high profile people, mm. huge inequality actually I think it shows in, in the US um, not political system but over US society. Yeah, because I suppose there is that thing of you know people are starting to get almost a bit sick of politicians around the world at the moment. I suppose we saw that a little bit with the Brexit vote. Um, and mm. you know the rise of you know Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primary, and also of Donald Trump. Yeah, just yeah. generally. That's right. Yeah, and no, I think so too. And really interesting. Yeah, with yeah Bernie Sanders and obviously Jeremy Corbyn too. Um, mm. um, in in the UK. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and it's um, it, it, I, I get a sense of sort of this frustration with from 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 um people around, and particularly young people, mm. around um around just the political class that's being created. Yeah. I can remember reading a few articles of, um, last year or the year before about David Cameron and how he's from a political class. You know, he was always in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, he studied um, politics, you know, at, at Oxford or Cambridge. And, <laughs> um, and a lot of all his mates, George Osborne and all the others, were the same too. And, you know, there's this political class that's developing. Definitely said in the US, obviously, with the Clintons and the Bushes and mm-hmm. um, possibly the Obamas. Michelle ended up running for <laughs> Senate. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think it's just, it's really interesting how, um, yeah, that, that, that political class discussion has developed into it. You know, we don't like the political class. We want to, you know, we want someone who represents us. Um, you know, have you been following New Zealand politics as closely recently as the US presidential election? Um, I have, um, I don't know if, yeah, equally as much as US presidential sort of politics, but probably yeah obviously I'm always keyed in as, as president at the mm. student association particularly around tertiary education yeah. issues <laughs> yeah because yeah. 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 it is certainly a trend that it feels like everybody in you know your average person on the street is following what's going on in the US much more closely than what's going on locally you know, there's been I suppose some fairly significant stories in the in terms of um, the housing crisis and yes you know, things of that nature, but they just, doesn't feel like there's as much attraction from them, or is that perhaps my perception, do you think? Oh, I think it's, no, I don't, I don't think it's your perception, but I think perception is a really big thing around this this whole, um, um, yeah, just the, the, I guess, the um, the focus on US politics at mm-hmm. the moment. You know, from what I've seen is a lot of my friends who aren't interested in politics really engage in, you know, uh, people love to hate Donald Trump mm-hmm. um, and Hillary Clinton as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the lot a lot more drama and a lot more charisma you mm-hmm. see in US politics as opposed to New Zealand politics. Yeah. Um, you know, people I think don't get the same sense of sort of love to hate or sort of sort of you know, that charisma and say mm. Andrew Little or um possibly John Key as well. Mm. But they do see it a bit of again with Winston Peters. But mm. um so I think that's possibly what's drawing people to um to the US. It's sort of it's, it's that, that drama factor. Yes, but more of a show. Yeah. Do you think any of it has something to do with I suppose the perceived significance of the US? Because obviously they are the world's sort of biggest yeah. superpower. I think yeah, no definitely. Um just guess, you know, even in, in the whole film sort of side of things as well with House of Cards, mm. Scandal, um, the other one with Madam Secretary and all these other um, political um, TV shows, TV dramas are coming out 
people have this real um, um, obsession with the, the, the presidency and, you know, they always say that the president is the leader of the free world mm. or, you know, basically, yeah, leader of the world, essentially. Mm. It's just that fascination around who might become the next president, yeah. I think. So I think that's that's only to be expected and, you know, we are, though, still, obviously, you know, with that, the US in decline and China on the rise and... Mm. But we are, though, still in that Western sort of... It's about, a lot of it's culture, I think, in terms of, yeah, as I said, the film industry, which has, you know, led us to, you know, believe that the US is very, 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 very important. Mm. Um, I suppose something that I find interesting is that there's a bit of a sense that part of the New Zealand cultural identity is about being a very independent, yeah. small country. Um, and I feel like a real growing-up moment, perhaps, in our country's history was, you know, in the nuclear-free... Mm. Yeah days in the 1980s under David Longy when we blocked US nuclear ships from entering our ports and that put significant strain on you know our relations with the US. I suppose it's I suppose interesting that in that context of viewing ourselves as quite independent that we are still very fascinated mm. by the US. Yeah. No I think it's a very good point and um, and you, you're, you're right you know we are very clear on our position that we have an independent or principled foreign policy mm. um, I, I would go back to the whole um, that, uh, what I said about culture and how much that's had an effect as well you know yes we can be independent in terms of our foreign policy in terms of you know, we're an independent country mm. but inevitably you know we are a very very small country on the other side of the world <laughs> we need to engage in free trade we need yes. to we need to be engaged in um in foreign foreign um, affairs as well mm. um culture as well you know in terms of you know yes a lot of kiwi dramas coming up and tv tv shows but we still most of us watch you know we're on netflix looking at us mm. um, dramas and stuff like that you know yes we are independent i think that's still true but we've also informed we are we are very very interdependent as as, mm. um, as New Zealand citizens I think yeah. Um, um, yeah very engaged and you know in the sort of cultural side around um, you know yeah TV shows and all that yeah people talk about I suppose the cultural cringe a wee bit about how sometimes New Zealanders will bag you know artistic products want to a better word they come out of New Zealand I wonder if do you think that we potentially have some of that around our politics as well? Because there is, you talk to some people about New Zealand politics and they will deride it as being, oh, you know, New Zealand politics is a joke or New Zealand yeah. politics is boring. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely, I think so. And I think it, it's possibly that tall poppy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, New Zealanders, we, we're very modest people. We don't like people who, who show off or who are very, you know, confident in their, their abilities. And mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, you know in, in some ways it's a good trait, but in other ways it's just you, you're sometimes preventing success. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's possibly that in terms of, you know, we don't like short history, we don't like, you know, maybe, because short is not a good example. <laughs> or maybe I'm doing the whole modest, the talk of thing there myself. Is, um, yeah, we just, we don't like um, um, that we, you know, people are showing off their skills type thing. Mm. But I think that's possibly changing though, you know, we, we love Lord. <laughs> yes. And others, and, you know, maybe it's starting to change a bit, though Lord is quite cool, so maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe she's a special case. Um, but yeah, I think that that's possibly sort of um, again, it's, it's a cultural thing that comes to the mix. We yeah. certainly do like to claim New Zealanders' success, like likes of Lord or Eleanor yeah. Catton or Lydia Coe were very yeah. keen to be very behind them, 
now that they're successful. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, actually, on that, just thinking through it, there's a lot of it, we're proud when they're on the international stage. Mm. But when mm. they're in the, in the national stage, it's, they're not as proud, yeah. Mm. You know, a short and street star, as I said, or, or, yeah, a politician as well, you know, who knows these stuff, you know, maybe a fantastic politician, we might be. Yeah. Maybe, you know, they're, they're too smart, they sound like a know-it-all. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... It's yeah. like Helen Clark has almost become more popular since joining the UN. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she was obviously popular for, you know, at least, you know, a few years because yeah. she won a few elections, yeah. but yeah. she was sort of going out of fashion a little bit, weren't I suppose she right. ran against that's true. Uh, John Key. No, that's exactly, I think it's a very good example, actually. That, mm. Yeah, Helen Clark, she, you know, criticised for not being yeah, charismatic or... Um, yeah, being too policy policy long, and mm. but then now that's something that we 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 embrace as you know as she you know yeah and she's in the UN on the international stage. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a an example currently of someone and you know who's maybe criticised a bit in New Zealand politics at the moment. Andrew Little. Andrew Little, yes, <laughs> yeah, and you know he is smart, and he, you know I think someone. Um, you know, I've still sort of come to my conclusion around, you know, how well he's doing as, as Labour leader, but someone said to me that, um, um, you know, I said, oh, maybe he's not as charismatic as, as he could be, and, you mm-hmm. know, he goes all the US drama sort of politics sort of thing, mm-hmm. but then someone said, oh, you know, he, he's, he's, the way she thought was that she, he's very much like Helen Clark, mm-hmm. you know, when she was leader, that, you know, she wasn't necessarily charismatic, but she got the job done, mm-hmm. um, you know, she, you know, she worked, you know, internally within the party as well to, mm-hmm. to reform it, and yes, actually, that's true, Andrew Little has unified the party behind closed doors, mm-hmm. um, though I question, you know, has he unified New Zealanders? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Deep. Yeah. Moving back a little bit to what we were talking about before, the US, um, yeah. I suppose, you know, the topic that everybody I suppose I'll indulge myself a little bit and talk about mm. the topics that everybody loves to talk about and that's yeah. um you know the surprising popularity perhaps of Donald Trump and the unsurprising yeah. the sort of and the surprising perhaps unpopularity of Hillary Clinton yeah. I suppose I'm um, talking about Donald Trump first do you have any kind of I mean what's your perception of the man um I think he's um he's a show pony <laughs> yeah, I, I have my own views obviously yeah show pony um sweeping remarks which have no backing mm. um, appeals to the disenfranchised which has been his you know why he's been so effective mm. um, you know I think he, as I said before he's a Winston Peters factor to him mm. um, which has you know um, improved his popularity and mm-hmm. um, though it was surprising though that he won and I'm you know that <laughs> um, you know that um, but it's possibly around there were so many candidates Republicans they thought it was you know the presidency for next year was these to is these to win mm. um, because the, there's been a democratic president for the last eight years mm. but actually you know they, they shot themselves in the foot where they, I think too many um, candidates or too many establishment candidates like mm. Ted Cruz Marco Rubio wasn't, I suppose especially establishment I suppose he was part of the political well, I think sphere but he was yeah. slightly alternative views maybe mm, possibly though mm. I think putting him against Donald Trump definitely mm. establishment though, yeah, yeah, know, in terms point. of relative mm. it's sort mm. of everything's in, you know, in relativity to each other yeah good point actually um, that you know that there was no one you know one candidate that the establishment or political class or you know got behind and mm. you know there were so many voices there but there was one clearly you know um, you know anti-establishment candidate and mm. that you know with the clear continuous sort of consistent storyline or narrative mm. that, that um, he had so you know I think you know just people just really bought into that and you know the again you know never underestimate the power of the 
um, creative culture in terms of the fact that he was on The Apprentice and mm. things like that. People remember him from that, and he's been high profile for what probably as as, as long as Hillary Clinton has. Mm. Um, and I think that 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 says a lot. That name recognition. Mm. Do you think that he also perhaps with some of the things that he said that have been so controversial? Do you think that he perhaps there's a subset of the population with a lot of underlying biases? Do you think that he perhaps legitimises some of those biases for them? Um, yes, yes, definitely, um, and that's really unfortunate. Um, mm. You know, around the whole anti-immigration, Mexico building a wall, um, um, stuff said about China and stuff like that, or um, or yeah, just I think he's just really. It's really unfortunate actually in, in 2016 that some of these things are being said mm. um, and um, you know the fact that we thought Hillary Clinton was showing that she now isn't I think mm. that she's really really scary for, for the world at large mm. yeah yeah I remember listening to something that there was an interview with I think a young gay black gentleman in the States who was mm. surprisingly also a Trump fan and yeah. they almost seem to think that Trump supporters because particularly earlier in the campaign, Trump was so vague about what he actually did and didn't support because he made so many conflicting remarks. Uh, there was almost a sense that uh, supporters could make of him what they wanted to. They could almost decide what sort of a candidate he was. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, it's a whole love to hate or mm. love to love um, um, <laughs> Donald Trump. And, yeah, you, 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 it's people, because people are talking about him so much, the yeah. fact that he ran in the first place and everything, mm. is that, um, yeah, people come to their own conclusions, yeah. I think, around, you know, who he stands for or what mm. he stands for and you know who he represents and everything so yeah I think it's yeah I think it's a really fair point and probably you know he, he doesn't seem polished but actually you know that's probably a very smart move you mm. know he's seen as re- more relatable even though mm. he's a billionaire and you know <laughs> everything like that um, very much like Hillary Clinton actually I think they were good friends before the whole this whole presidential campaign started mm. um, so you know he's very much part of that 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 sort of that sort of class of you know mm-hmm. celebrity and you know um people like that and, you know but you know, the, because he's um not polished and because mm-hmm. he says speaks his mind and things mm-hmm. yeah people we become really attracted to him mm-hmm. yeah. and then i suppose moving on to the on the other side of the spectrum mm-hmm. hillary clinton who you know in theory you know i remember her being quite popular at the time when she ran against barack obama in the democratic primary in 2008 but now she just seems to be really struggling yeah. Um, well, not struggling because obviously she's you know polling fairly strongly, but everybody seems to say, oh, if it was an all election year, you know, she'd be, you know, she'd definitely lose or things like yeah. that. She's quite widely deridden in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I think there are two two parts of that. I think the first one is because she's been so high high profile over the last few decades. Mm. Um, there's so much, you know, her life is public. Um, mm. there's so much to criticize about it, you know, especially because it's a it's a presidential election. Um, the, the skeletons, everything, all comes out. And, mm, mm. Um, so I think with that, you know, means that issue is very easy to criticise. Mm. Think on the other hand, on the other side is the the whole I think gender politics of um, gender. Mm. Um, that um, she, you know she is hugely competent. Um, mm. She's been Secretary of State, First Lady, Senator. Mm. Um, um, she's got a you know, a law degree from is it Yale or something you know one of the ivy league mm-hmm. um universities um you know um extremely intelligent extremely competent mm-hmm. but i feel that i think there's possibly there's some sexism there around you know americans have never comprehended a, a, a woman president mm-hmm. um they you know firstly they can't comprehend it secondly they create this 
sort of really high expectations for mm. someone like um, for for her as a result of that. Mm. Um, it, it seems like you know people are saying she's telling her that she needs to prove prove herself, but she mm. I think she already has. Mm. So um, I think that's really it's just really sad actually. Mm. Just you know with someone like Donald Trump who sees things that you know that talk you know speak to people's biases and everything mm. like that really really feels the fire. So it's just it's a. Um, yes, yeah, created the perfect political storm, I guess, in terms mm. of just that whole loggerheads between the two two candidates. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that email thing, which has been, mm. I suppose, very topical recently, do you think that's been perhaps overblown in that attempt to hold her to a higher standard, or that subconscious holding her to a higher standard, or do you think that is a legitimate political issue? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's... Tricky because you know don't know what's going to come out with the whole FBI investigation. Mm. Um, I think it's actually it's probably quite um, um, it, it's, it's probably actually it's probably a good thing for her in that the emails are the is the worst that the the, the other side can find. You know, there's mm. nothing else there around. I guess there have been actually you know take that back around the whole Wall Street um, speeches and mm. things like that though a lot of those were private and you know they, they haven't really been able to jump onto that. Mm. Um, I think there's probably more there's more something there than the emails. Mm. But I think the emails they kind of go to the as I said before in the heart of um, someone so out of touch with um, the sort of common person who mm. you know generally understands technology, generally understands sort of emails and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, if they get given a work email, they would use the work email. Mm-hmm. Um, that The fact that she didn't do that, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's probably a very smart move by the Republicans to, you know, try to discredit her and say mm-hmm. she's out of touch, um, you know, all that sort of... And, just yeah, the fact that they have been released as well. And again, it's just that fascination. So I think it's it's a media frenzy, definitely, mm-hmm. but possibly an effective one. But yes. time will tell. We'll wait till next week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's roughly all that I all the questions mm. that I have. Do you have any Great. closing remarks or comments that you'd like um, to make, or any insights into anything? Insight into anything? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think no. I think that I think I've covered everything. Covered all my thoughts. Revealed all. So yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Thanks very much. Excellent. No. Thank you, Jono. Jono and I covered many things. We covered our cultural links with the US and New Zealand's tall poppy syndrome. We covered Clinton and Trump and our fascination with what happens in the US. I agreed with Jono that as such a big and powerful country, the rest of the world is drawn to what happens in the US, particularly in a small country like New Zealand, with a bit of a political and cultural cringe. The US feels significant. New Zealand doesn't exist in a vacuum, so perhaps it is natural that we follow what happens in the rest of the world. There was also the entertainment factor. Talking to Jono helped me clarify some of my own thoughts about the Trump and Clinton campaigns. The polarising nature of the two candidates has fueled the drama of the election, making the US election entertaining as well as significant. Having had these discussions, I had a better sense of why we followed the US so closely. But what I didn't have was a sense of America itself. How did US politics get to the state that they're in at the moment? What has led to the polarity that makes the US presidential election so addicting? Next time on Outside View.